Welcome to this episode of Answers to Questions about RX Racial Healing with Dr. Gail C. Christopher, author and award-winning social change agent. Each seven-minute segment offers insights intended to support co-facilitators working in communities and organizations to bring diverse people together in circles of compassion for the urgent work of eliminating racism and its consequences. If you have questions, please send them to us at rxracialhealing.com. Is RX Racial Healing anti-racism training? I'm a real fan of the 20th century architect Buckminster Fuller, architect and thought leader. And one of his quotes that I like the most says that, you know, change doesn't happen by attacking the existing model. Real change and transformation happens when you create a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. So using that as, as a foundation, I would have to say that RX or prescription racial healing differs from anti-racism training because we're not attacking the existing model. We're creating a new model of relationship and relatedness that makes the existing model obsolete. And in my opinion, that's what's been missing from our racial justice, racial equity, and health equity work, we haven't put enough energy into manifesting new models, new models based on a belief that we are all equal in our value and worth as human beings. So with that definition and explanation, I say that this work is not anti-racism. It's not anti-anything, it's for embracing our common, interconnected, interdependent, equal human family. Well, is it anti-bias work? That's a very good question. You know, there's a lot of research and one study that gets quoted a lot that suggests that anti-bias training is not effective. That study came out of Harvard a few years ago. And you often hear people saying, don't do anti-bias training because it doesn't work. I think we need some more research. Uh, again, just as it is an anti-racism, I wouldn't categorize this as anti-bias. I would describe it as building on the science of what we know enables us to engage authentically with the perceived other or the outgroup. And it is through story, it is through relationship, it is through facilitated engagement with diverse people that we, we begin to peel away our own preconceived notions and preconceived perceptions. And so in that sense, it's not anti, it's pro building up the capacities and the skills and the understanding and the experiences with the perceived others. Can we call it something else in order to engage conservatives who don't want to do work on racial healing? Another good question. I often hear that, particularly from people who are white who know that their peers don't even want to hear the word race or racism or racial. And they say, well, let's, let's call it something else. We can do it. 
And my response to that is part of the learning in this and part of the growth and part of the moving beyond denial of our adherence to a fallacy of human hierarchy or human value hierarchy, part of it is being able to articulate that that's what we've been doing. So I really don't encourage appropriating the approach and naming it something else. Uh, It's an invitation. It's an invitation to acknowledge that the belief in a hierarchy of human value is an antiquated belief system that has no place in the 21st century. So I think part of the learning and part of the growth is in moving beyond denial of the, the history of racial hierarchy. So I don't encourage people to do that. I encourage people to, to extend the invitation uh, and to do it with people you trust and bring in others who can bring in others, you know? And so you end up with a circle of 24 or 26 people. And if you have skilled co-facilitators, there's no threat in this. There is an invitation to help our country move beyond its legacy. What is the difference between healing of racism work and this RX racial healing approach? That's an important question because there is a robust movement that began in the 20th century, I would say mid 20th century, maybe even late 20th century. Uh, Many centers for the healing of racism uh, are in place around the country. And in my reading of most of that literature, it is in fact anti-racism training. Uh, It is educating, and and we need that. It is educating people about the horrors and the harms of racism, and it's creating an environment that is described as a safe space to make people understand how racism is so pervasive and so extensive in our society. Uh, And that is good work, and it is important work. This work differs from that in its intention and its focus is to allow us to experience, to be in a model, in a circle, where the authentic value of all people in the circle, that authentic value is affirmed. It is expressed through narrative and through story. Uh, It is facilitated through affirmation and a sense of belongingness that brings about personal ahas and personal changes in understanding. Uh, it's one thing to, you know, to kind of use a, a sledgehammer and hit people over the head with the ugliness of racism. It's another thing to invite them into an experience that allows their hearts and their minds to open up and not only see it, but feel it and make a decision that it is not acceptable for them. And so I think that's the difference. This is not, as I, as we started today's questions It's really not anti-racism training, which most of the other work is. The healing of racism, the subject is racism. In racial healing, the subject is healing. Can it be done virtually? Yes, it can be done virtually. Uh, And, you know, this COVID-19 pandemic has forced all of us to become very creative. And some of the racial healing practitioners around the country are holding virtual healing experiences and circles virtually regularly. The key is, of course, 
to to keep people engaged and at the same time to honor their need not to look at the screen, you know. Uh, the other thing is because the race, the RX racial healing model involves breaking into dyads, and so the facilitators have to be creative. I've even suggested sometimes they let people go away and do the deep prompts the diet in the dyads that they do them over the phone, and then come back to the to the to the virtual circle that's you know in Zoom or some other platform. But it is being done virtually and can be done virtually. Of course, the ideal is in person. And why do you think there is an urgent need for this work to be taken to scale now in America? I, I really appreciate that question. Um, you know, never in the history of humanity has our inherent bias toward the negative been manipulated exponentially through algorithms the way that it is today via social media. So this notion of, of negativity and fear which leads to separation and in some cases ridicule of the perceived other or the outgroup. Um, it is it is the it's the ethos we're in right now. It is it is the feel that we're playing in and upon. And so we must have a counter force, a counterweight to that. Um, democracy, I don't believe, can survive this if we don't both regulate and counter the manipulation and the divisions that are being spawned through not just social media, but mass media now, I believe, is the echo chamber for the social media divisions and, and negativity. So we have to be intentional about giving people the opposite experience, you know. We have to be intentional about reminding people of the truth of our being as a human family. Uh, the spiritual truth, the essence of our our interconnectedness and interrelatedness. People need to feel the power of being engaged with other people in a loving environment. Um, and that is why this work is so urgent and it must be done at scale now. Again, this has been Answers to Questions about RX Racial Healing with Dr. Gail C. Christopher, author and award-winning social change agent. If you have questions, please send them to us at rxracialhealing.com. 